0: we're back we're back with the free associates now that song actually was unbridled by motorsoft a band that i was in and it's actually an interesting song to have played because we recorded that album on a 24 track two inch tape studio that had no digital interface so there was no ability to fix stuff now you can kind of hear it in the song like there's stuff in that song that no digital studio would release um, and I'm not saying it's necessarily You give me a blank <laughs> stare Like yeah that's the problem with the song
1: <laughs> No I actually really liked it It's just like But that's what That's what it, the grungy Like
0: No I know But you know, those yeah, but, imperfections uh, are things no, that but you don't I would, get nowadays I know you just don't get them nowadays Because you can fix stuff And it was interesting If you go on Online on YouTube Someone Do you know what quantizing is? No Quantizing is when you take beats And notes And you lock them Into the, where they're supposed to go So like I could take a song and isolate notes and make sure they're played perfectly, you know, eighth note, 16th note, you know, and you can just do it, if it's MIDI, you can do it a snap at a finger. You know, anything that's a little off, you just snap it to grid. Mm -hmm. That's what it's called. And someone took, when the levee breaks, the drum beat, they isolated the drum beat and they quantized it, you know, to basically prove that, like, this is terrible, like, (laughs) John Bonham's original, of course, one of the great rock beats of all time, is really off, you know. But that's good. And when you hear it, when it's quantized, you're like, oh, yeah, that sounds so bad and canned. You know, there's no no touch or feel to it. So there's an example of something that we're missing, and we're not necessarily aware that we're missing it. And certainly younger people aren't. Now, do you see what I'm saying? Like, that's another aspect of technology altogether. Yeah. The stuff you're not even aware that's gone away. I'll give you another example, and you, you may or may not be able to relate to this because you're younger than me, but when I was a kid, things went on at a certain time, and that was it. There was nothing you could do yeah. to... It, yeah, so,
1: like television shows you're talking about. Yes, and, the Muppet
0: yeah. Show was at 7 o'clock on Sunday. The Autostar Galactica was at 9 o'clock, I think, on yeah, Sunday. Yeah,
1: I had to go home watch Total Request Live because it started... At 2.30. And there
0: was school. something really kind of magical about that. And also Christmas specials, that was always a big deal. Like, they would come through and they'd be shown once and that was it. And so, again, like, there's a lot to be said for having everything at your fingertips. I can go watch Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I can show it to my kids in the middle of July. But there was such a sense of expectation and kind of shared communal thing going on with, without, without, with being limit, being limited. And so there's that whole aspect of technology too that we've lost stuff that we don't necessarily even really register that we lost it unless we have a conversation about it, like we're having right now. We're like, so in that case, that song, and you know, you can listen to some other albums like Exxon Main Street and stuff like that, and uh, you know, they don't get worn out because they are so flawed. Actually, they're like filled with mistakes. Art should be filled with mistakes. You know, Photoshop is great and it's terrible too. You know, it, it just, you know, I always look at these before and after Photoshop uh, model photos. The model always looks way better in the before photo. They look plastic in the second one. I get why they do it. And so you're in media. You're in rich media and technology. I mean, is that something you advise your students to kind of leave imperfections? Are they aware of that? Is that even on their radar?
1: Uh, It depends on what you're talking about for imperfection, really. I mean, what you're talking about is, I would argue, is definitely not an imperfection. What it is, is it's slating. So if you take a picture like that, you're actually manipulating it to, quote unquote, enhance or, you know, supplement that picture. And we could talk about, you know, we could have an entire episode on uh, how that is kind of damaging to self identity, this, that, and the other thing. But. The thing that I am a stickler on is removing imperfections because of laziness, and that's the difference. I always tell my students: I go, if you make a a funny video, the the kids love Adult Swim. Do you know what Adult Swim is? You know, Cartoon Network, Adult Swim. It's been around for a while now, but it had different renditions. But um, when it uh, when it first came well, not when it first came out, but one of the m- most successful shows on it is Tam- Tim and Eric Awesome Show. Yep. Tim and Eric Awesome Show is a basically homage to the idea of public access, yep. just kind of crappy TV, this thing, exactly. Yep. So when the kids make their crappy videos, they go, oh, yeah, but no, it's like L-O- I always say, I never want to see something that's LOL so random. Mm-hmm. Don't make something that is a piece of crap, c- and try to pawn it off like it's sure. it's right. good. Yeah, like it's, it's like like you meant to a... do that. Like they, Tim and Eric, put a lot. Of time and effort in production and meaningful, thoughtful aesthetic aesthetic choices, choices to well, create. I don't know
0: if you want to overstate it, but I get your point.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. I'm not yeah. saying that they're they're doing it as artists, but definitely on the production value side, they're making those choices. The deci- they're the making those co- choices cho- are conscious. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I get so that, that when it, when we talk about removing imperfections, it's not removing. Or enhancing something to to fit a certain standard, it's you screwed up something. It's you realize that this picture right here is a little less distracting, and you can simplify the image by cropping it a little bit. Yeah, or maybe adding a vignette, or doing something that is aesthetically pleasing to you as well, because there's certain manipulations that you can do there. Maybe it's a white balance uh, adjustment, maybe it's uh, just a different tint or hue, but you're making those choices. And your your,
0: I have to say that that you know having recorded I've done all kinds of recording having recorded in an analog studio now that was a choice, Um, it was very liberating because those things that you're talking about really weren't there we were doing the best we could with what we had and without being able to kind of clean it up so. And it was understood that we were in an analog studio, but we weren't trying to mess up. And, you know, we're trying to make that song in time. It is not. It's like, I just listened to it, and it was really, like, all over the place. And that's okay, because that's an aesthetic, too. But it's almost was nice, you know, uh, you might be familiar with the Dogma School of Filmmaking. Do you know Dogma? The movie? Well, no, not the movie. It was actually a school of filmmakers who were Dutch, I believe. And Lars von Trier was one of them. Okay and they they created a set of rules that they had to live with no flashbacks um no voiceover now those are kind of obvious but there was other there was actually yeah it sequentially had to move forward and there were some other rules that were like some felt almost arbitrary but it forced them and allowed them to make films because the viewers were also conscious that they were living by these rules and so, you know, being in an analog studio like that was both liberating and confining at the same time. You know, it was, it was confining because we just couldn't do much with the vocals. We couldn't do much with yes. mess-ups. It was liberating in that we just, again, that goes to something, and I guess this is why I'm pursuing it, because this is something we've also lost that we're not necessarily aware that we've lost, which is that there's something really liberating about, like, well, that's all I could do, you know, because that's the technology, you know. Like, I wasn't able to to totally perfect it, but no one's expecting me to perfect it either, necessarily. And people accept that that a level of production is not necessarily there. And so I would argue that that's also perhaps gone, too, that the production level has to be so high or it has to be this other kind of weird postmodern production aesthetic trip, right? I don't know. Hmm. Um,
1: If given the chance to have an entirely clean album... That is very that I have, um, that I can break out everything into its tracks and everything. I would do that a hundred times, every single time, hundred percent, because I rather have the cleanest part that I can then take in a hundred different directions because it's clean, and go and manipulate in the way that I want, rather than say, oh, well,
0: you have obviously never seen the movie Walk Hard: The Dewey Cox Story. You know what's hilarious. That movie's. Amazing. I just
1: watched that that this weekend, huh. and on top of that, it's my favorite movie. It's it my favorite might be comedy.
0: My favorite comedy. It
1: is an absolute masterpiece.
0: It totally is. Did you watch the director's cut? Yeah, because yeah. it's like twenty minutes longer, yeah. and it's totally. It's actually twice as good as the non-director.
1: cut. is uh, that movie is just so. It's just the most beautifully meta thing that oh. has ever been created.
0: Well, the thing that the really advantage they have. In my opinion, is they're skewering biopics, which yeah. are so tired and cliché. Oh, right? it's so just satire. It's to just the like absolute masterpiece, masterpiece. So you will remember the Brian Wilson sequence when he's in the studio. <laughs> we need fifty thousand digit reduces, so you know that scene. And I'm telling you, a most most what you just described should be a clinical maladjusted term for like most musicians will have what you just talked about yeah and they'll go through it and then they'll say please don't ever let me do that again <laughs> because i don't want to take it in a hundred directions that kills it and also you know when i went from analog to digital you know and you have probably see this with students they just get caught in the toys yeah a- and also another thing is that your performances go down because you can fix it right you yeah, know like for sure The best kind of recordings are the ones where they're actually playing really good into a mic without hardly any effects. Like, that's why you hire studio musicians, because they can do that. You don't need to fix it later. It sounds right the first time, and it's not quantized and, like, cut. I mean, I'm telling you, I've been through that digital experience with recording, and it's terrible. If I were to ever record again, I would go to—I'd find an analog studio and just say, let's live with this. Let's unplug the Apple— and let's just put this on tape. Because that was a great experience. I had a great time. And, you know, it was a relief to be like, okay, well, we're not in a digital studio. This is not going to be perfect. It is what it is. But it's also, Keep I mean, moving.
1: I agree to a certain extent. I also, you think it's about the um, the mentality of those who are being recorded. So I've been in with my buddies and they've gone like, oh, I want to just take the... Uh, The second chorus again. I just want to just do that part. Okay, one, two, three, boom. And I've watched him sit there for fifteen takes doing it. And I'm like, all right, all right, come on, guys. Yeah. Like I'm somebody that's like, okay, let's keep this. You know, let's keep this train moving.
0: Okay, but you just said you want it it, absolutely. Exactly. So So if a hundred directions because I
1: can make those executive decisions, and I know the re like we make as teachers we make hundreds if not thousands of executive decisions a day like you come in my my room fourth period i can't even get a breath out to say hi to you because there's there's no, things coming all as, over this i get and it and
0: i expect it and respect so, it. so
1: like if you're somebody that cannot make executive decisions is somebody that kind of waffles over these decisions to be made then you're gonna get lost in that but i don't think i would get lost in it well i would want the the ability to go my own direction And try a
0: a couple of different things. Well, I'm sorry, but that just sounds like someone who's just has never gone through this experience. (laughs) You know, it's like we only
1: played live. Yeah. Well,
0: and that's the other way to go. It's just like never record. I'm surprised there aren't more bands that just say we're just never going to record, and we're just going to play live. And if you see us, you see us, and if you don't, you don't, because there's no money to be made on recordings. I mean, they're only promotional materials for live shows now. Yeah. And that's the other thing, and I think I've talked about this on the show, is that live bands are so good now that I don't want to see them because soundboards are so good and technology is so good, and they've gone to <laughs> Berklee School of Music, and I'm just sitting there like, wow, you know, this is really good, but it's just not moving me. I like the mistakes. My grandmother had an aphorism that she'd always say, which is every fault is a fashion, you know. Huh. that was one nice. of Oh, yeah, it's a nice one. She would always say, every fault is a fashion. So when there was a mistake in something, that was fine because that's what you wanted. That's where the new stuff comes from, you know. So I would argue that this is another lost. It's something that's lost. And again, I don't want to get maudlin or anything. And I do have to say, upon reflection, you know, if it's 1919 and it's Hitler, I'm definitely throwing him in front of a trolley. Oh, no question. I'm cl- The Internet's right in front of me. and I'm If he's a small trolley. baby, I'm doing it. Yeah. Well, definitely, but I'm right in front of the, there's a trolley coming, Waylon, and the internet's right in front of me, and I'm, like, pretty close to throwing it in front of it, and if I'm close to throwing the internet in front of a trolley, then we should be throwing robots and CRISPRs and stuff like that in front of a trolley as well.
1: Yeah, but it's, t-
0: no, no. Why not?
1: Because CRISPR didn't, well, oh my god, <laughs> I said, CRISPR didn't kill millions of people, but it could. <laughs> That's exactly your point.
0: Yeah, my point. Yeah, we I just gotta, had that
1: epiphany right there.
0: But we got to get ahead of this. If we got to get ahead of this, we well, got to get ahead of the Chinese because
1: they're already doing experiments. Right. No, I know like that the cats. They are. At, you know the genie's out of the bottle on this one.
0: Is it out of the bottle yeah, already? We're
1: we're we're too late.
0: So what are we not too late to stop?
1: I think we're not too late to stop a truly. Very smart artificial intelligence that is going to we have machine learning for sure, but they haven 't connected the dots of that sentient artificial intelligence we could pull the plug on that we will not mm-hmm. we won't
0: yeah because it's, it's just too you can never pull the plug
1: that 's just, just too appealing to society yeah
0: you can three d print guns now that 's kind of what like the guns thing is to me. That's definitely a bone I would pick, but I almost feel like the cat's out of the bag with that. Like, you can 3D print this stuff now. It's kind of like gone. The Second Amendment is—First Amendment, you can you know, the the kind of garbage that's online. I mean, now, you know, I hope for some kind of reformation of a kind where we are able to get back in control. I mean, I do think it's an aspect of our capitalist society that we— that We're sitting here basically throwing our hands up and saying there's no way of stopping any of this. I just think that might be a conditioning of where we live and the times we live in. Is that possible?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that there's, there's two paths we can go down here. We can either become, we can either evolve. We, we're, we're in the preliminary era of the information of technology. You know the the information um, the information era just started. We're just figuring out how to do this. So we either become we truly develop more compassionate and realistic uh, protocol, or we devolve <laughs> into uh, just monkeys with more sophisticated you right. know tools. Father, That's
0: Father John Misty stuff, right? Yeah, you know that for song? sure. Yeah, that guy creeps me out. I mean, he's he's the end song for our show. That's Father John Misty. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's from Magic Mountain. Yeah, you know, I love yeah. his music is amazing, and even pure comedy. Lyrics. The
1: song, oh my god, so But good. it's
0: just so depressing, man. Like oh, it's yeah. so apocalyptic and depressing. Now, on a lighter note, if we can. I just wanted to do a new segment for our show. We kind of covered technology, and it's interesting. We didn't cover something we were going to talk about, but I'm glad we didn't because I actually think this other conversation is something we should get someone younger in on as well. And that's the conversation that we were discussing during the break, which is, you know, on, in, on the Internet, it's forever, right? So if you say something right now in 2019, it might seem totally it's stuff we talked about. 10 years from now, oh, yeah. they might be like, go back and be like, gee. I just said I would kill baby Hitler. <laughs> so well, they're going to be
1: like, oh, now we have time machines. And
0: well, we right. shouldn't
1: have said that. We could have changed the trajectory of this poor boy's
0: life. Right. Or if, if there's a fascist government, then we would be in trouble. Oh, yeah. But then, that is a conversation we should have. Uh, but we we'll bring in some younger people to talk about, like, being pinned down by your own history. And the chilling effect that that might have or how else we kind of handle that. And whether that is a way in of itself for technology to deplace humans. My argument since I've been young is that it's not that we're going to get artificial intelligence. It's that our own intelligence will become artificial. That our own intelligence Ooh. will be brought down to a level that we're competing with robots. Not because they reach our level, but they, because our own intelligence gets corrupted. And that's an example of where that could happen. Because we just don't see anything anymore because you don't want it recorded. I agree. The words that have come out of our mouth on this show and other shows will sink us in the future. Yeah. You know, I I mean, I'm old enough now that I can be sunk. You know, I mean, it's interesting because I've recently been, you know, doing this show is challenging to me in some level. I'm concerned. And the times that we live in are chilly times, they're chilled, speech is chilled. But a part of me is like, okay, well, whatever. You know, that's a hill I could die on. That's a hill I could die on
1: i'm pretty I, I stick to my convictions and I think that the the main thing is if society has abandoned all reason where you can you know sit back i mean there' there're sound bites you know, and for sure you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to get to every single person when you know when you play the game of telephone and you know that sound bite lands on the desk of a clearly you know, biased news source. You're just never going to win that person over. They're never going to get, you're never going to get a chance to do that. But for the bulk of people, I think reason can prevail. I think that you can see stuff in context. I think that people right now, especially politicians, do an awful job at actually, like, standing by what they say or being like, okay, this is, uh, everybody, stop for a second. Like, how many times have you ever heard that? Like, somebody go, you know, everybody, just hold on like go look at this it's a polished artificial answer yeah. that they've come out with well
0: honestly it's why trump did well in a lot of those primary debates because he sounds like
1: he's not artificial but he's just ugh.
0: well listen i'm not going to defend the his tone but a couple of things he did that were very effective in the particularly in the primary debates was he would he did seem like he wasn't playing the game and also there were times where he was like oh good point you know you never hear people say that either mm-hmm. in debates and yeah. it's very disarming because you're like, oh, he just said I had a good point, you know, and people are like, oh, he's actually listening. Yeah. So the, his non-attachment was attractive. That's what I've always argued is that Trump's non-attachment to the results attra- were attractive to a lot of people. But his non-attachment is attractive when someone says, yeah, I don't care if I win or not. Like, that is attractive, opposed to, oh, please, God, let me be the next president of the United States. Now, let's move on to, like, other terrain here, just briefly. Let's do it. We have a bottom-feeding segment I want to introduce to the show at times. So we're, we're the catfish of radio, right? <laughs> we're total bottom-feeders. <laughs> so we are stealing someone else's advice column's question. We're stealing it out from under them. There's a guy okay. on the Huff post. It's called Ask Beer. Like bear. like an Bear? Okay, bear. Not beer. I beer, Like ask
1: what type of beer you want? Well, I have a trouble Bush with light. that
0: word. I have trouble with that word. But yes, ask B-E-A-R. Okay. And he's like an advice columnist. I'm sure he's a nice guy. I actually look more like a bear than this guy. So I think it's okay that I steal this. I'm going to do it very quickly. I'm very curious about what you will say about this because yeah. this is in your wheelhouse. Hit me. I'm part of a friend group that's pretty close and does a lot of things together even though we don't all live in the same city we call ourselves the breakfast club though we're really more like the big chill without the suicide (laughs) we definitely show up for each other's weddings and big birthdays and we just got our first baby so that's fun we all met as interns and bonded anyways people are super good about sending flowers when someone someone's person's (laughs) dies or sending takeout when someone's sick or sending birthday cards for birthdays and so on except for me i mean i'm good about it for others but I often feel overlooked or forgotten, especially when I'm having a hard time. I wonder if it's because I'm the only one without a real be- bestie in the group, but I've sent a ton of flowers and take out some birthday cards and edible arrangements and balloon bouquets and so on, pictures kind of starting to form. And I've had a million phone calls when other people were in a hard place and my grandfather just died and not really, no flowers, very few checks ins, one card, especially where it be most of them had met him a few times. I don't know. I like them a lot, and we've done a ton of things together, but right now it feels like I'm not part of the group. I don't know why. Is this a sign? Should I just quietly ghost out of the situation? Should I call it out? I'm not really big on having my feelings on people, so it seems way easier to just drift away. But I guess I also want to know if I'm doing something wrong. Am I a bad fr- at friendship? Waylon, your thoughts?
1: Oh, my God. That was hard really? to hear. Is that hard to hear? That was just hard to hear. And, like come on man communicate if these are your actual friends and you can't talk to them and be like hey dude i'm pretty upset that like i've done all this stuff like yeah (laughs) i want some pineapple (laughs) when (laughs) dear pappy is no longer with me but i mean that just goes farther than even what you know my what i what I envision as a true friend is somebody that is going to be there when I need them, and he's not explicitly saying that he needs them. he's waiting in a passive way to say that hey, you know I'm kind of sinking in some sorrow right now mm-hmm. so life is there's a lot of things going on you know I just to to be honest i I dealt with some tragedy before, and um so. I just over the summer, and I got back. We started. Uh, I got um, back into the swing of things. I took some time off in the summer and everything. I had a teacher run up to me uh, right like yesterday. I think two days ago or yesterday, and run up. They were they were running, and I had told them the story before I had left in the summer. And they came up and they're like, "Hey, how are, you, how are you doing, by the way?" Huh. And I stopped and I thought I was like, "No one has asked me that <laughs> in a in a long time."
0: Hmm. I was like, not even my good friends. I said that the other day. I said, "How are you doing, Waylon?" Not about this. Not about this. Okay. Not about this. But okay. like, this
1: is like that. You know, like okay, this is point. this is a this is a big event. Here. No, like yeah, how yeah, you I doing is like you know. No, no, okay, how you doing? I get, I get you know, it. Um, and you're you're very good at that. You you check in a lot. Chair. But um, yeah, no, I huh. think that if I really needed something, because I've been pretty good at handling, I'm pretty good no. at internalizing stuff like that. When I do need. Do you feel like your friends
0: are checking in with you? Are you
1: checking in with your friends right now? The thing is, they they do. Like in the immediate of it, they do. Once it gets removed, if I needed to, I would. I know that they would be there in a second. In a second. But it's not something like this is just so passive. Like this, there's no surface signs or anything like that. And people handle things differently. They might have an opinion of him that he's very strong. He doesn't need any of that stuff. Sending Chinese and, and flowers is not my style at all. Wait
0: a second, though. That seemed like such a cool thing to do. Sending takeout to someone in a different city. When they're sick? I mean, that's cool. That seems. This like, might be
1: a guy that's trying to get DoorDash stock or something. I don't, I don't know. This
0: could be. But, I mean, the balloons... You but know, what's, you your, want,
1: what's your take on this?
0: Like, I don't know. It's a good
1: question. I mean, it does sound like... I hate the idea of materialistic stuff like that in, yeah, I in, understand the, in the wake that. of a tragedy. Well, I don't think... Right.
0: I don't think I'm that's, not a flower guy. No. I, I don't think that's probably what this person's looking for. I think they'd much rather have a phone call. But maybe they just... Don't have a best team Maybe they're just not On the inside of this They probably aren't To yeah. be honest Maybe but these th- people then Don't if like If you him. don't
1: If you're not Attached to anybody Like that You need to take The initiative And that's what I think Is failing here He's not taking The initiative To say Hey I'm sinking right now I need no. you to, to Help me out So I mean It's, it's hard So to you're handle. blaming him Kinda Cool Kinda
0: Alright well Speaking of blame We are about to Finish the show <laughs> And as we do every week, when we finish the show, we have a check-in about what's going on. Now, you're going where tonight?
1: I'm going to trivia. at Arizona Pizza Company.
0: Can you manage not to break anyone's glasses this time?
1: First off, it didn't break. It
0: you did break your glasses. You threw them on the, the, ground, on the ground, and it wasn't it. It was
1: because of the principal. He was cheating.
0: <laughs> but was it almost violent?
1: No, no. But
0: taking someone's we've, glasses. I, we've had
1: beers together. We've shook each other's hands. We're Taking good.
0: someone's glasses and throwing them on the ground is pretty intense. I've seen you after trivia. You were so hyped up. It's frightening.
1: Oh, yeah. It's so, trivia, man. It's the sanctity of not cheating. How
0: it's often the... do you win? Um,
1: I would say we probably have a success rate of, like, I don't know, 8 9%. 10% so That's not
0: bad You that's have bad a, You have a crew Oh yeah Four have years we've been going is that Four right? years Is this like college friends Or is it also from the high school High school it is. And college Interesting No no
1: not from the high school From uh, high school from
0: high school Yeah Okay cool So is this yeah. like,
1: the, like One of the highlights of your week Every single week For four years We've been going And I've said I, I can't do You know I can't do that I can't do this I have a meeting On Thursday People are like You have a meeting at 8 o'clock I'm like, yeah, I got a meeting with a picture of
0: Rolling Rock and a quesadilla. Oh, nice. Oh, boy. (laughs) I love it. I mean, there's no bush lights, so. Right. Well, you gotta do what you gotta do. All right, well, you have fun doing that. And I'm gonna go home, I think, and cut some radio together. And everything will be fine. The robots will take over, and the CRISPR will. Hopefully, there's a robot that can cut it
1: for you soon.
0: The Fry Daddy could take over. You know what the Fry Daddy is? No. Have you not watched the rest of development? Huh. well, I've, I've watched it, but what's the fry daddy? You have to watch it twelve times, like I have. The fry daddy is like George Bluth invents this fryer that always burns people. When I hear the CRISPR, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. When I hear the CRISPR, I think of the fry daddy. Hopefully, it's as inefficient as the fry daddy. I don't think it is. But all right, folks. Well, thanks so much for listening to us and humoring us, and we really appreciate it. And you have a great week, and we will see you on the other side of the future.